Hello, 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 and welcome back to Quizzical by Nature, a soft place for women to land. This is your host, Tammy Walls, and I would like to welcome you to episode number four, where today's topic will be fear, one of our biggest intimidators. Let's talk about fear and why it is one of our biggest intimidators to our natural progression. Fear is defined by the following. It is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and likely to cause pain or a threat. Now, as I read this definition to the word fear, the one thing that stuck out to me is the word belief. I want you to hold on to that word. We're going to bring that back up later. When I looked up the word fear, I also like to look up the words that are similar to the word fear. So I looked up some synonyms and the following words stuck out to me. Those words were panic, alarm, dread, anxiety, distress, worry, heebie-jeebies. Now, heebie-jeebies is an old word, and I had to laugh a little bit about this word because it takes me back. And the last word that I wrote down was butterflies. You know, like the ones you feel in your stomach when you become afraid or scared. Another thing that I found that was really interesting when I looked up the word fear, there were 59 synonyms for the word fear. That alone tells me we have a major issue with fear or being fearful. The interesting thing that I also saw was that two words were opposite of fear. And those two words were calmness and confidence. In order to combat fear, We must be calm and we must be confident that nothing is going to happen. Fear is also defined as avoiding or putting off something that one is afraid of. It is to be scared or to be afraid. Do you ladies not understand that fear can actually paralyze us? It can literally stop us dead in our tracks causing us to stand still without moving. That is how scared we can be at a given time. I had to ask myself, what does fear look like? Fear looks like, again, a feeling of being frozen in place where you just cannot move. Fear may cause you to sweat profusely. Fear might give you the dry mouth. Fear might cause your muscles to ache or to tense up. Fear can cause your heart to beat so fast it feels like it's beating out of your chest. You may also feel butterflies in your stomach. Your stomach may begin to churn and to turn and you can hear it moving around inside of you. Fear is something that all of us feel at one time or another. I was listening to a TED talk and I heard this lady say that fear is like storytelling. Fear starts in our mind. Let's talk about this storytelling. Fear has characters. Fear has a beginning, a middle, and an end. 
We imagine the most horrific story that is full of suspense. You know, the kind that keeps us on the edge of our seat wondering what's going to happen next. Then we read our fears and we give them the most vivid uh, illustrations possible. We put all these pictures in our head of what we think is going to happen from the thing that we are most fearful from or the thing that scares us at that particular moment. Well, this brought me back to my childhood. And I remember when I was in fifth grade, I was sitting in my English class. My teacher, Mrs. Block, told everyone the dreaded words that I did not want to hear. Everyone, our class has an upcoming assignment and we will all be required to do an oral book report. My heart began to beat very fast and I got butterflies in my stomach. I could feel my stress levels rising. I was feeling very anxious and at the thought of just speaking in front of the class. I was consumed with thoughts of being laughed at or being made fun of. I couldn't avoid this task because it was 25% of my grade. Mrs. Block had given us a topic of choice and she also had set the guidelines. I practiced my oral speech several times before presenting it before the class. As badly as I wanted to run for the hills, I knew that my time was going to come and I had to face my fear of public speaking. Well, guess what? The day came when I had to do my oral book report. Mrs. Block called my name and she said, Tammy, you're next. I hoped that the person before me would take such a long time that my report would get get delayed until the next day and I wouldn't have to get in front of the class that day. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. I slowly got up from my desk and I walked to the front of the class. I cannot remember if we had a podium or not. I glanced around the room and all eyes were on me. I adjusted myself and cleared my throat. My book report is on Harriet Tubman. I looked at my index cards and I went through them so fast. Phew, I was done. But I don't even know if I spoke the three to five minutes that I was required. I don't know because I was terrified. My palms were sweating. My stomach was churning. I was scared. But when I finished doing my book report, my class clapped. I rushed to my seat and I exhaled with a sigh of relief. I had completed the oral report and guess what? It did not kill me or humiliate me. The class did not laugh at me or make fun at me. Looking back, they probably felt the same way that I did, fearful. But on that day, I overcame my fear and did my oral book report. I remember another situation where I took a class at church on Bible doctrine. As the final assignment for the class, I had to do an oral presentation of a topic of my choosing um, in front of our church during our regular Bible study time. I chose Richard Allen. Richard Allen was the founder of the AME Zion Church. Once again, 
I was fearful of speaking in front of my church. What would they think of me? Oh my gosh, I got to speak in front of my pastor. He's going to be listening to me. I was nervous for sure, but this time I had a little more experience speaking in front of people. One of my biggest fears I have been forced to face over and over and over again because of various positions that I had held throughout my career. This time I stood up. I was still nervous, but I knew that I had a focal point that I was going to choose to stay looking at during the time I was doing my report. This allowed me to glance to the left and to the right, but back to the focal point at the back of the room. You see, my height was an advantage to me when I did this report that day. I'm only five foot one. So when I got up, I could barely see over the podium. To my surprise, all I could see were the tops of the people's heads. Who knew that God would send a ram in the thicket, meaning I could only see their heads and the top of their heads. I could not see the eyes looking at me in the audience. I laughed to myself and I thank God. Another thing that helped me was that I was inviting them into my presentation. I invited the audience into my story as I talked about Richard Allen and slaves back during that time. I invited them to close their eyes and think of a situation where you had to be in the back of the church when everybody of another race was in the front of the church, but all the slaves were in the back of the church and they had to pray back there. They couldn't pray with everybody else. And I said to them, can you just imagine how you would feel during the situation? And everybody was able to resonate with me. And that made me feel a little more comfortable. And my fear was subsiding. Before I knew it, my presentation was over. And guess what? Another round of applause. Whoo, I said, thank you, God, I made it through. Fear is something that we all think about from one time or another. So I thought it would be interesting because I'm speaking to women. It would be interesting to do a poll from women to see what things that they are most fearful of. And I'm going to go down through some of the things that the ladies said to me that they are fearful of. Number one, being alone for the rest of my life. I can imagine that nobody wants to ride this thing out by themselves. Most women would love to be in a love-filled marriage or with a partner who they can live until the end of life. Fearful that that may not happen. Number two, there is a fear of flying. I've heard people say, if God meant for me to fly, he would have given me wings. Well, I'm here to tell you, I don't think that you would want to fly to to Tahiti, to Turks and Caicos, to Italy, to London, to Rome, or even to New York. Flying is one of those things that man has given us and he has put trained pilots on there to get us from here to there. In most cases, your plane goes from point A to point B without any problems. 
Number three was the fear of failure. I think that we all think about the fear of failure from one time or another. But guess what? Many millionaires, many businessmen, many people have failed before they succeeded. I think that we're more concerned about what people would think of us rather than going after the goal and failing and then just getting back up and trying again. Number four, not getting my life back. Now, the woman who gave me this fear is obviously going through something in her life where she had to give up a part of her freedom. And she wants her freedom back because she had to take on a responsibility. What I would say to her is that things only happen for a season. And when that season is over, your life will be given back to you. Number six, public speaking. I think that so many people have a fear of public speaking because they are scared of what people will think and what they will say. I think that they are afraid, again, to fail, that they might stutter or mumble over their words. Number seven, this lady said she had a fear of failing to give her children the right tools to navigate this world. When we have children, we don't know what to do. They don't come with a handbook. Each child is different. All you can pass down to your children is morals, values, behaviors. You can talk to them and speak to them. You can show them examples of how life is. But the child has to make the right decisions, the right choices as to whether or not they do certain things in their life. You can only give them to the best of the ability of what you have. You cannot beat yourself up about what your children do or not do. Number eight, missing out on reaching full potential in life, career, and as an entrepreneur. And I'm going to also read number nine because they kind of go together. Not living up to my full potential before leaving this earth. She felt like she found out a lot of things late in life and wants to have time to do all the things that she loves. I think that when it comes to reaching our full potential, you have to figure out what it is in life that you are trying to reach. Are you trying to reach retirement? Are you trying to reach your calling, your destiny, your purpose? Are you trying to reach educational goals? Are you trying to write a book or open a business? What is your potential? Do you like to sew? Do you like to decorate? Do you like to cook? What is your full potential? You have to decide what that is. I think, first of all, you have to find out and figure out who you are, what you're called to do, what your purpose is on this earth, what it is that you feel like you do best, and then go after those goals. I've heard that it doesn't matter if it's late in life, you never are too old to reinvent yourself. So full potential, that's determined by who? Go after your things that you want to do. Number 10, this person said she fears giving all her love to one person and then getting hurt. Here's the thing about love. You prayerfully hope that you get with someone who is going to love you back, to respect you, and to give you that happily ever after. 
Unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. But in many cases, it does work. Love that person to the best of your ability and pray and hope that they love you back. The fear is, I guess, losing the relationship or the person dying or it breaking apart. No one knows what another person can do. You're responsible for yourself. Number 11, there is a fear of dying. And I think that a lot of us have had this fear before at one time or another. One thing's for sure, we're all born into this world and we all must leave this world. The thing about dying is we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when our number is going to be called, so to speak, or the Lord is going to call us home. So I would say, live your best life while you're here. Leave a legacy for your family, your friends. You know, live the best that you can while you're here. And another thing that I think too, unless you are um, maybe in a horrific crash or maybe um, somebody who has a terminal disease, slowly dying, I don't know what a person might feel. I can imagine they could be fearful or they've made peace. But if you're somebody who happens to die in your sleep, you're not going to know you're dead. You're just going to be gone. So I think spend your time more thinking about life than you think about dying. Number 12 comes from someone that I asked, what are you fearful of or what are you afraid of? She responded to me being a believer. She understands that faith is part of our uh, spirituality and that we're taught not to fear. She says she doesn't fear the things that she used to, which were men and money. Because she says now with maturity, she understands that, understands that those things are no longer her fears. And they're no longer factors to cause her fear. Her fears now lie with her child, her child's health, and her child's future. She became teary when she said, what if I'm no longer here to make sure my child is okay? Who would take care of her? Now I can imagine that that is a concern of a parent. What would happen to my children, my family, my husband, if I were to leave them? Who would take care of them? And it's valid. But you can't spend your whole life or time left worrying about what's going to happen that has not transpired as of yet. Because if there's a situation where you know that child, husband, family member really needs you, if something were to happen to you, somebody would step in and help them. And number 13, which is our last one, there may be a fear of opening a business writing a book, starting the ministry, or starting the podcast, or whatever your fear is. I would just say to these things, if you have been called to do it, if it has been placed down in your spirit, do it. Don't wait, just do it. Plant the seeds, get the information you need on how to start the business, how to write the book, 
get with the right ministry on starting your own ministry. Do the classes that's required. For me, I was fearful of starting a podcast. I felt like the Lord had called me to start a podcast three to four years ago. And in my mind at that time, as I was talking to my best friend, we thought, oh, this is a great idea. But we never acted on it. It came back around earlier this year. And the Lord spoke to me again. And he said, you should start a podcast. And I mulled over it for a little while. And then one day I said, you know what, to myself, I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to get the equipment that I need. And I said, if I am faithful and believe, if only two or three people listen to my podcast and they get something out of it, then I have done what I was supposed to do. Now, prayerfully, I get more people that think that quizzical by nature is something that they want to listen to, that will encourage them, uplift them and support them as women being a soft place to land, start whatever it is do not be fearful now i have to throw this caveat into other fears when i talk about other fears i am talking about things that plague women you know you could be fearful of relationships you could be fearful of people you could be fearful of physical harm which could come in the form of domestic violence or somebody who's verbally abusing you or threatening you or stalking you or something of that nature. These are very legitimate fears. These are not to be played with. These are not, these, excuse me, these are to be taken seriously. These are the type of fears and threats and things that should be taken to the proper authorities or handled in the proper way. So there's several different types of fear, but I wanted to put out there that physical threats and harm is serious. And that is something that you should not let slide. As I move on through this podcast today, I must sprinkle in some faith. Faith has to be a part of this conversation because I wanted to see what the Bible says about fear. So I've looked up several scriptures to talk about what combats fear and produces faith. I found this definition in the Bible when I was reading and looking up fear. It said that fear is defined as one's apprehension in a frightening situation or reverence. When it talks about reverence, it is talking about reverence and a healthy fear of God because of who he is. In Deuteronomy 31 and 16, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. In this particular scripture, it says, Do not be afraid or terrified of them. Do not be afraid or terrified of people and what they say to you. Physical harm is one thing, but people cannot harm you. Don't let people stop you from starting the business, from writing the book, from public speaking, or any other situation where people are involved. The next scripture is Psalms 23 and 4. It says, 
Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In this particular scripture, it makes me think about when I'm walking through the darkest times of my life. Maybe I lost my job, or I lost a loved one, or I'm without, I'm suffering, I'm in pain, I have a sickness or a disease. It is saying that even though you're in a dark valley, you shouldn't be afraid because God is with you and you've taken all your concerns to the Lord. And he is right there. You're not by yourself. His rod and his staff, they comfort you because when you think of the Lord as a shepherd, a shepherd has sheep and he steers his sheep with his staff and his rod to keep them in line and to guide them to a safe place. So if you are one who is a believer, when you're going through your darkest times, trust in the Lord. He's right there to guide you and to lead you. The next scripture is uh, Psalms 56 verses three and four. And it says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust and faith in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can mere man do to me? This in essence is saying to us that we trust God with all our heart. In everything that we do, we trust God to get us through it. We don't have anything to be afraid of because he is right there with us. The next and final scripture that I looked up was 2 Timothy 1 and 7. It says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. This word is one of my favorite scriptures because it says that God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity. We have given ourselves the spirit of fear and timidity. God wants us to be free of fear. Because he said he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. He is right there with us. As I continued on my journey to look into fear, I looked for some quotes. And the first quote is, faith and fear both demand you believe in something you cannot see. You choose. The second quote is, fear doesn't stop death, it stops life. And this is by Athena Sin. The next one is a very beautiful poem that I really, really like. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. And this is by Mary Ann Williamson. That is a powerful, powerful poem. And that is only a few lines in this poem. The last quote that I wanted to leave with you is is one that got me too. And it says, fear is idea crippling, experience crushing, success stalling, inhibitor, inflicted only by yourself. And this is by Stephanie Mellish, a sales barista. I really like this last quote because fear will cripple your ideas. It will crush your experiences. 
it will stall your success and it will inhibit you. But all of these things are inflicted by us. As we go to the conclusion of our podcast for today, ladies, I want you to hear these things that I'm saying to you. Fear is one of our greatest intimidators, but we can overcome fear with faith. The definition of fear has something in it that stated it is caused by an emotional belief. I told you earlier that we would get back to the word belief. Let's address what you believe. Do you believe that what you're afraid of is bigger than your ability to overcome it? You can overcome fear by doing that one thing that scares you the most. If skydiving scares you, try skydiving. If public speaking scares you, speak publicly. If flying scares you, take a flight. If writing a book scares you, just write. Belief is an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists, like fear. What you believe becomes real to you. So if you believe that you are fearful, guess what? Then you're going to be afraid all the time. You're going to be scared of life all the time. You're never going to step out on that faith part and do something that fear holds you back from. They say that a new habit is established after 21 days. For the next 21 days, I want you to do something that you're afraid of doing. For the next 21 days, I want you to look in the mirror and say to yourself, I For the next 21 days, I want you to look into the mirror and say to yourself, I will not be fearful. Then I want you to repeat this as often as you deem necessary. I will not be afraid of flying. I will not be afraid of speaking publicly. I will not be afraid of the dark. I will not be afraid of taking this new job. I will not be afraid of opening the business. I will not be afraid of writing the book. I want you to insert, I will not be afraid with whatever it is that gives you fear. You have to begin to tell yourself that these things are only figments of my imagination. These things will not harm me if I do them. You have to reverse what you have been telling yourself. I want you to talk to yourself about these fears. I want you to talk to your friends about these fears. I want you to talk to your family or a counselor or a therapist. Or most of all, if you are a believer, I want you to talk to God about your fears in your time of prayer. If you are a believer, I want you to find some scriptures and meditate on them where fear is concerned and repeat them and learn them and memorize them so that whenever you become fearful, you can say those things and repeat them to yourself out loud. This will build up your faith. I want you to find a good quote. I love a good quote. Post that quote on your workstation, 
post that quote in your bathroom on the mirror, post that quote in your kitchen on the refrigerator. These are all the places that we're at quite a bit during the day. So we'll see it constantly and you'll be constantly reminded why you should not fear. I want you to reward yourself when you overcome a fear. I want you to feel good about overcoming that fear. I want you to pat yourself on the back about overcoming that fear. I want you to do it scared. I want you to trust the process. I want you to take a leap of faith and I want you to jump into something that you have been scared to do. Most of all, I want you to take fear and put it under your feet and increase your faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith over fear, ladies. I want to thank you for tuning in to Quizzical by Nature. This is your host, Tammy Walls, and I hope that you all will have a great day.